Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Raw and the Cooked, your home for cooking inspiration plus raw and honest book reviews. Episodes alternate between my two passions, maintaining a simple and efficiently run kitchen and keeping up with this year's hottest books. I hope after each episode, you take away a new idea for your kitchen or a new book recommendation. I'm your host, Dara Boxer, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of The Raw and the Cooked. So we're doing really well over here despite the single-digit weather. Uh, This week alone, we had two medium-sized home improvement projects uh, crossed off the list. So I finally had the shutters installed in our bay window in the playroom. They look so good. And the one bathroom that I decided to take on as a DIY project finally got its much needed mini facelift. So I'm really excited. And I, I just love going to the bathroom in there. I've probably gone to the bathroom like more times than I actually have to go to the bathroom because I just love being in there. It just feels so much better. And I'm not even done. I'm about like two thirds through my like little mini facelift. I still have a couple of more little like things to finish up and even still like the vibe is just so much better. So I'm like really excited about that. Um, okay. And it, again, if anyone knows me, like my friends who are listening to this, um, I'm like a huge bathroom person. So, um, just all things bathroom. So like a good bathroom, a beautiful, well-decorated bathroom is, is very important to me. So I'm very happy. Okay. So for today's episode, I wanted to share with you the books that I read slash currently reading this month in January, um, and sort of all about the accidental self-development journey that I just somehow magically embarked upon. Um, So again, I just totally didn't mean to, but somehow a majority of my reading this month happened to be like self-improvement slash like personal development books. Um, So I'm just going to go down the list and I would love to talk about them. um, And I would love to hear your thoughts. Like you've read any of these or have any suggestions based on like this list. So number one is The Conscious Parent, uh, Transforming Ourselves, Empowering Our Children by Shafali Sasbury. This book was so good. I feel like every single parent should read this book. Um, it's just oh my gosh, it was like what your soul needs about like raising like conscious, thoughtful, like independent and like just well-rounded children. Um, but more than that, it also talked about like you as an inner child and how you have this amazing gift as a parent to sort of like parent your child in the way that you like want to parent yourself. Like you get to like heal yourself through parenting your child. And maybe that sounds like very weird and abstract and very like bizarre for sure. But the messages that I took away from this book, it was just so incredibly powerful. And, um, this doctor gave countless examples of different families and different situations and how it later affected the parent and just all about like the generational trauma that continues on. And, um, if you have listened to any of my other reviews, like generational trauma is something that I find like absolutely fascinating. Um, and I really love reading both fiction and nonfiction about this topic. So just the conscious parent was just such an enthralling read that, um, I just, I really couldn't recommend it more to, to any parent out there. So just really rewarding. 
Um, and again, like I, my children are so small, they're, they're one and three. Um, but this book is one that will for sure stick with me for many years and I will definitely continue to come back to it and utilize it as a resource. So yeah. Okay. So number two is the other black girl by Zekia Delilah Harris. And I, um, I definitely understand where a lot of the negative reviews are coming from with the other black girl. However, I found it to be quite enjoyable on, on a few different levels. Um, I felt really invested in, in the story, um, despite the fact that the ending like wasn't really satisfying or fleshed out all the way. Like I felt like there were so many loose threads. Um, I listened to this as an audiobook. Um, and I, I found it really enjoyable again, like that's kind of all I can say. Like I wanted to know what, what was happening. Um, it was a little confusing cause like it was like kind of sci-fi, but not really at the same time. Um, but I really liked all of the characters and yeah, I just, I felt really invested. So, um, I, I can see why it got the negative reviews it did, but I'm, I'm just, I guess like another unpopular opinion here. Cause I actually didn't have any problems with the book. So yeah. Um, and then number three, uh, is called pandemia, how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives by Alex Berenson. And I could talk about coronavirus and the pandemic probably for like hours on end. Um, but I'm not going to, because it, it gets me very ragey. Uh, so I will say that Pandemia was incredibly well-researched. It was brilliantly written. And I finally felt like someone took a raw and honest look at the data without all of the fear-mongering. It was just, I feel like it's a very important book, like, especially during these maddening times. Like, I, it, it made me feel very seen and, like, not crazy. Um, so I think that's all I'm going to say without going on... Um, without raising my blood pressure. So that's all I'm going to say about pandemia. It was very eye opening. I mean, it's not eye opening because like, I feel like if you just read between the lines, like you have all the information you need to know. Um, I feel like everyone should read this book. So who has been like alive for the past two years. So yeah, team reality. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Number four, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. And this has been a book that has been on my reading list probably since college. Um, but the title is so off-putting and embarrassing uh, that I just like always kind of avoided it or came up with like a reason not to read it or like whatever. But like it's always kind of been like in the back of my mind. And I saw that it was available at the library, and I just happened to download it because like whatever, like like there's no time like the present, right? So um, I really liked it. It was good. Um, gave like very simple, practical, lovely advice on like how to win friends and influence people. I, although I feel like that title is like a little misleading because I feel like it was more just like your basic principles are just like being like kind, friendly, smile, remember small personal details and just like let people be like heard and um yeah, it, it was, it was good. Like it was enjoyable and it was written, God, was it written in the forties? I can't quite remember. Um, it was written a very long time ago. So some of the, um, ideas here are a little bit out to date, but I mean, the concepts are still like applicable to today's time. So yeah, it was really good. And I'm glad I like finally read it. So yay. The fifth book that I finished this month was what happened to you? 
Conversations on Trauma, Resilience, and Healing by Dr. Bruce Perry, and it was also co-written with Oprah. Um, so I loved the conscious parent so much. I like just gushed on and on and on about it to one of my, my colleagues who also read it. And she um, suggested that I also pick up a copy of What Happened to You. Um, the way she described it, it was just like really interesting. And also like the title is like really profound, right? Like what happened to you? Like conversations on trauma, resilience and healing. Like it's written by a doctor, like, you know, who doesn't love Oprah? Um, although I feel like in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, anything with Oprah's like finger fingerprints on it. Like uh, it's turned me off a little bit. So that was in the back of my mind, but I was like, whatever, like, you know, it, 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 this, the titles are intriguing. My friend's description of it was very intriguing. I was like, well, let's just like overcome this. Like, so I, I went home that night, um, from work, I downloaded it immediately, like read like probably three chapters and then was like, huh, like, no. And I feel definitely like I'm definitely like an outside opinion on this because if you look at the reviews, they are just gushing and like everyone gives this like a five star. This is like the best self help book that's out there, yada, yada. But I just didn't find myself connecting to this at all. And I feel very lucky that I can say this because like I, I am very privileged, right? Like I did not grow up in a foster home. Like I, I have two parents, like I didn't grow up in like intense poverty. There was no like domestic violence, right? Like I don't have these like traumas that I think I felt like most of the examples given in the book were about like neglected infants and newborns and the importance of the first uh, two months on like a child's life and their impact. And I was really hoping to get to more like, I don't know, like just your garden variety trauma. It Maybe that sounds really stupid, but um, I just felt like it just like wasn't coming. I, I got kind of bored. I just didn't like click with it at all. I found myself skipping ahead. And then at some point I just like completely abandoned ship. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what happened with that. Um, so yeah, what happened to you? Um, just uh, didn't work for me, but you know, I, again, I think I'm, I know I'm an outside opinion on that. So number six, a line to kill by Anthony Horowitz. So I think just based on how badly of a flop Oprah's book was. Um, I just saw that A Line to Kill by Anthony Horowitz is available in the library and I knew nothing about this book. Um, but I do know that I really enjoy Anthony Horowitz, uh, and I tend to gravitate to his books like a moth to flame. So I just downloaded it to like make myself feel better because Oprah's book was so terrible. And I was like, why am I the only one who doesn't find this like amazing? So yeah, I downloaded another Anthony Horowitz to make myself feel better. Um, so a line to kill is number three in the Hawthorne and Horowitz series. And it was really good. Um, nothing crazy, nothing like amazing or riveting. Um, I definitely think uh, some of the other books that I've read by Anthony Horowitz were like way better, but this was really enjoyable too. And it's just, he, he's just such a great writer. So, um, again, this one was probably his like least interesting of the last, probably like five Horowitz novels I've read, but again, like still like very much enjoyable and I gave it four stars. Uh, so number seven, 
I am not finished with this book yet, but I'm still reading it. And it's how to talk. So little kids will listen a survival guide to life with children ages two to seven by Joanna Faber. Um, so I'm only a few chapters in, but already I can see what a huge difference a couple of little tweaks can make, um, just in the way that you speak to your children and like, I mean, especially the ages of two to seven, like it's a really hard age. I mean, it is the most exhausting, infuriating, like just absolutely enraging time, right? Like it's just, it is very hard, um, definitely at times, um, to communicate and to make sure that everyone's happy and on the same page. But some of the like very simple messages in this book, um, I mean, it it's very profound and makes so much sense. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, like you wouldn't talk to an adult like that. You wouldn't talk to your partner like that. Like, why would you expect your child who has like very little rational cognizance to respond well to statements like, why don't you pick that up? I've asked you 15 times or like how many times do I have to tell you to get your shoes on? Or just, I mean, like very simple commands or requests that get met with like defiance and pushback. Right. So I have incorporated, I think probably my favorite trick so far. And again, I'm only a few chapters in and I feel like I have picked up so many pieces of nuggets. Use objects to like talk, right? Like for us, one of our struggles, I mean, I wouldn't call it a struggle, but like it definitely gets under my skin. After the kids get out of the bath, it takes them forever to get from like toweled off and dried to like in a nighttime diaper and pajamas. Like they're just running around, they're crazy, they just want to play and like do whatever. Like they're not listening. It's like really hard to get from that like post bath to like hairbrushed, like we're winding down for the night. Um so I I started to pretend like the pajamas love to eat arms and legs and like the best thing to do for the pajamas is to feed them arms and legs. Um my one and a half year old is still like a teeny bit too young for these concepts because I th- I feel like it really starts to apply around age two. But my my three year old like thinks it's hilarious and so funny. Um and she willingly puts her pajamas on now because it's like Mr. Pajama wants to eat her arms and legs. And it even worked for fingernail clipping, which no one tells you before you have a child, but like the most dreaded task of having a child is cutting their fingernails once a week, right? Like it's really hard to do because they hate it. Um, and so I just started talking in like a silly voice with the nail clipper and told her that the nail clipper loves to eat fingernails and it tastes like candy to him. And so we, we just, I just do this like really stupid voice and she gets really happy and is excited to like feed the nail clipper her nails. So that's worked. Um, and then even just very simple, like pointing out verbs or or like not verbs, but like Instead of being like, please sit down in your car seat, I've asked you to get in your car seat, like, please sit down, please sit down, just car seat. And then she gets to put together the dots or like, instead of her, like if, if my daughter like just like leaves her shoes in the middle of the floor, when we come home for wherever, instead of like whining or nagging or being like, you know, your shoes don't belong there. I just point and say shoes. And then she gets to connect the dots and make that association. And I don't really have to do anything after that. So anyway, um, this, this has gone on for a, a long time, but anyway, it's just been amazing. And I'm really happy that I stumbled across this book. So that's all I can say. If you have children two to seven, like just buy it, like just buy it. Okay. 
And number eight, um, I just started this actually this morning. Um, it's called the dance of anger, a woman's guide to changing the patterns of intimate relationships by Harriet Lerner. So I stumbled upon this completely by accident through like a Reddit form, um, that was completely unrelated to like anything going on in my life. Like I, you know how Reddit is anyway. Um, I found the title really intriguing and then I ended up reading a preview chapter. And then after reading like several gushing reviews, I was like, Hmm, like probably should give this a try. Um, and the reason this title intrigued me so much and felt like it was like really calling to me was just because, um, we, I've been having like a lot of like bizarre little issues pop up with like my, uh, my family. And I would love to like kind of get down to the bottom of it or like maybe learn how to like argue a little bit better because, um, I am a notorious people pleaser and I usually decide not to stand up for myself because it's just not worth the fight. Like that's a phrase that I say often. And, um, I think that that definitely stems a lot of resentment and bitterness. And so I don't know if I want to continue like that. So like I'm tr- I feel like there's a healthier and better way. So um, based on some of the reviews, I'm really hoping this will kind of like work for me. Um, definitely more so than what happened to you by Dr. Perry and Oprah. Um, so yeah, um, I just, I felt like I needed to give it a shot. So I'm like one and a half chapters in and it's making a lot of sense and I'm clicking with it. So I will keep you posted on that. And then the ninth book of January, I like, I don't know why, but I always seem to read the most amount of books like ever, like for the year, like in January. And that has been a trend of mine for the last like five years running. Um, so if you're like, Oh my God, like she's read nine books this month. Like that's not a normal month for me. So just putting that out there. Okay. So number nine is the power of fun by Catherine Price. And Catherine Price is actually a dear friend of ours. Um, she has written the book, um, how to break up their phone. We were actually a part of her like case study, putting together data points for that. Um, it's such a great book. So I definitely recommend that it's just all about examining our relationship with technology and so on and so forth. Um, anyway, so like as Catherine's friends, of course, we're going to support her, but she's also like a really great writer and happens to like write. Um, she's a scientist, scientific journalist by trade. And so, um, and she's like just a wonderful writer and like everything she explores and does is like really well done. And so, um, when the power of fun, when she was writing this, um, she actually asked again, like the same, uh, group, uh, to like be a part of the case study. It was like, God, I feel like it was like summer 2020, like during lockdowns and I had just had my son and I was like, there's no way I'm participating in like a fun, like survey study, whatever. So I was like, no thanks. And I passed on it. It was just like bad timing for me. And I was also like really bitter with like COVID. So just, yeah, not a good time. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is um, I'm about one chapter in and so far it's, you know, very intriguing and it's just changing our perspective on fun how we have fun and really value true fun. So yeah, I'm excited to explore more of that uh, later on, but I have two other really great nonfictions in front of it. So we'll have to take a back burner at the moment. So it is clear that the theme of my January reading seems to very much revolve around self-improvement and healing. Um, it was totally not planned, um, but it's it's just... 
yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out a lot and work through some underlying issues and just explore better ways to parent and just be a better partner and friend and sister and cousin and just all of the roles that we all play. I mean, right. We each have so many roles. So yeah, that's just kind of like what my January has shaped up to look like as far as book wise and reading and learning and exploring. And, uh, so yeah, I, that's all I have to say. Um, I'm not even going to end today's episode with a, what did I have for dinner last night segment, just because, uh, we're going on like 20 something minutes here. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And I hope your January reading is going as well as mine. So I will see you back here next week. Thank you. Thank you.